Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, got my beer cracked open and ready for a new edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast. We're here to talk about faith and life over a beer or three. And of course, this week is Holy Week. We'll get into some more about that with this week leading up to Easter Sunday morning. And by the way, we'll have an Easter Sunday morning devotional for you. It'll feature a sermon that I preached last year on Easter Sunday over at Trinity United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida. That's coming up on Sunday morning. But before we get to all of that, you know, so much is changing so quickly in our culture. One of the things that appears to be changing the most is how deeply we seem to hate each other and election years and this global pandemic have only seemed to make that trend worse. I wish I could say that Christians are exempt from this trend, but the fact is we're not. There are a good number of Christians who are actually fueling it. A few years back, you know, my social media feeds felt a lot more fun than they do now. Some days the feed is just so bad, I, I just give up. It seems like an endless drone of suspicion that fuels anger, that spawns outrage, that powers division. It's almost as though if you're not outraged, you can't have an opinion. I've stopped following a lot of people I used to follow because, well, it's just tiring. It's wearying. Sometimes it feels like the outrage just waits to jump on whatever issue seems to be the easiest to follow. It's a parasite looking for the next animal to suck dry. So what's going on? How did we end up this way? And is there anything that you and I can do about it? I would suggest that we start here on our podcast that we have each and every week. And even though some days it may feel like everybody's angry, it's not everyone. What I try to do here each and every week on Soul Ramblings Podcast is to try to carve out a space for us to hang out, a space where reasonable people can honestly share opinions and not jump all over each other. And we can share those opinions and comments and encouragements with each other on our Facebook page and Instagram. We also have an Instagram page and links to those are in the show notes. Invite you to go over there and like and follow us and comment. And while that's what I am committed to, it's not always that simple. The problem, of course, is more nuanced than simply blaming other people and walking away because I feel the spirit of the age inside me, too, at times. All of which leads me to ask, why? Why are we all a little or a lot more angry? Is it inevitable? There are some surprising things that fuel anger many of us might not be aware of. At least understanding the conditions that can amplify the anger we all feel helps me manage mine. So why are most of us angrier than we used to be? Why is there so much hate? There are more than a few reasons that anger is the new epidemic. And we'll go over that after we take a break here and talk about Good Friday, which is coming up this Friday. We'll be right back after this short break. And I've always thought it ironic that one of the most tragic days in Christian history was called Good Friday. 
I mean, the New Testament describes a day of suffering that ends in Jesus' crucifixion. Events that sound like anything but good. So where do we get the term Good Friday? Why do we refer to that as good? Does it seem ironic that one of the most tragic days in Christian history is called Good Friday? The New Testament describes a day of suffering that ends in Jesus' crucifixion. Events that sound like anything but good. Since the third century, the English and the Dutch have used the term Good Friday, which etymologists say is likely an alteration of the Germanic word goods, which means gods or holy. The rest of the world calls the day Holy Friday. History of words aside, theologians teach us that in Jesus' terrible death, God's good purpose of loving and redeeming the world is proclaimed. On Good Friday, we remember Jesus' death on a cross and look forward to his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Back on Soul Ramblings podcast now, and we're talking about why do we hate each other so much? <laughs> Anger is the new epidemic. Wherever you listen to us, whether it be on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, YouTube, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music, wherever you listen, be sure to click subscribe and you'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. All right, so why are we more angry now than in the past? Well, one of the reasons I think is we're naturally more aggressive online than we are in person. People say and do things online that aren't comfortable doing that they aren't comfortable doing in real life. Not only do we try to manicure our image so we look better than we actually do, but unless you work hard at it, we are more naturally aggressive, more divisive, and more hostile than we are person to person. And that leads to the question of why? Well, the answer is because we're kind of anonymous online. Even if we use a real profile picture or our username isn't something like Truth Troll 82317, you still don't feel the closeness that we do in real life. Distance between people desensitizes people. Generals have known this for millennia. That's why soldiers wear uniforms and wear war paint. It not only identifies you, but it disguises your humanity. It's easier to shoot you when I can't see you. Now, before you judge soldiers, think of how you behave in your car. Chances are you're naturally more aggressive there, too. Occasionally cutting people off, tailgating, honking your horn, not caring as much as you normally do. Ever wonder why? Because you're in a 3,000-pound armored vehicle, so to speak. You don't see the guy bothering you as a person. You see him as a problem, so you get way more aggressive. Think about it. Even in the grocery store, we're ruder when we have a shopping cart in our hands, and the same dynamic is at work in social media and our life online. When we're online and we can't see the whites of someone's eyes, it's just easier to shoot because the Internet is dehumanizing. It's easy to mistreat other humans. Bottom line, it's never been easier to be known and hide simultaneously than it is online. Another reason is that hate generates more clicks than love. Long before the endless fake news arguments of today, TV news and newspaper editors figured out that bad news sells. 
the old adage when I was in radio full time and did radio news for a period of time was if it bleeds, it leads. Always lead with the bad stuff first. That hooks them in. That's that's what uh, the thinking was. They learned how to play into our anxiety and fear to get ratings. The 24-hour news cycle and explosion of new media have accelerated those attention-grabbing tendencies. Social media has put that tendency on steroids. There is this compelling argument that algorithms used by search engines and social media intentionally prioritize outrage because, the argument goes, the major social and tech companies have figured out that outrage spreads faster than something that's not outrage. Here's what's sadly true about human nature, or at least human nature in the 21st century. Hate generates more clicks than love. And I've struggled with this. I'm committed to making this podcast places of hope, help, and encouragement. But I've also realized that if I title things positively, nobody listens. For example, I could have titled this episode, Love Each Other More, Our World Needs It. But why do we hate each other so much? That's a much more compelling headline. I've experimented with titles enough to know that this phenomenon is sadly true. So I use a little negative to generate far more positive. When I title things, I avoid hate, outrage, and I hope sensationalism. But the irony isn't lost on me that leading with a negative title means a higher likelihood that my content will be listened to. My usual structure is that I lead with a problem most people feel or experience, describe it, and move toward a solution, or a few solutions, hope followed by help. A third reason we're more angry, or it seems we're more angry now, is any attention can feel better than no attention. There's an inverse trend happening around us, thanks to technology. We've never been more connected than we are today, and we've never felt more alone. In 2018, the British government launched the first ever loneliness strategy, appointing a minister for loneliness to deal with deep isolation millions of people feel. While this isn't always true, sometimes lonely people will settle for any attention they can get. When you feel nothing, a click, a like, or a comment can make you feel something, even if it's not nearly as satisfying as a real conversation, a real connection, or true intimacy. Sometimes I wonder if the trolls who leave angry tirades are honestly just lonely, just hoping someone notices them. The next time you're hoping to get noticed online, put your device down, grab a cup of coffee with a friend instead. And if you struggle with friendship, make a friend. Most people are as lonely as you are, so be the first to reach out. Another reason we're more angry now seems to be we know enough to make our world feel dark. One of the challenges everyone is navigating is the flood of information that hits us every day, from our social media feeds to breaking news flashes to the minute-by-minute invasion of notifications, buzzes, rings, and haptics that disrupt our day. We're processing more information than any human who has ever lived, and this is not good. If we go back a few generations, we'll notice that our great-great-grandparents really only processed the information they needed to know and could act on. Back then, you only knew so many people, and when someone died, you knew them and could help by bringing the family food, attending the funeral, and being part of the community that could support them. Now, 
You get told several times a day about mass shootings, plane crashes, typhoons, and wars that kill thousands. But we don't know anyone involved and are mostly powerless to help except to give a few dollars to relief efforts or the latest GoFundMe campaign. The same goes with new emails and status updates. We're bombarded every day with information we can barely process, let alone do anything about. Do we know what that's doing to us? It's making us cynical. The media runs bad news, and when your friends post about their latest trip, awesome parties, or fantastic dinner, it generates bad feelings. Jealousy and resentment and loneliness are profound issues associated with social media. Cynicism roots itself in knowledge. The more you know, the more cynical you become. The reason you're so happy when you're younger is because you and I are kind of stupid. And that old saying is very, very true. Ignorance is bliss. I've often said, the less I know, the better off I am. But now, every single day, you see how poorly we treat each other as humans. You see that you weren't invited to the party, didn't get to hang out with your friends, aren't moving into that gorgeous dream home like your college roommate did, and that 200 people died in a plane crash, and it leaves you very sad. Our character actually needs a lot of refinement, and we need to deepen our spiritual maturity to use social media and navigate the news these days. Or at least I do. I know I do. Another reason we're so angry now is anger can get you heard, even when you have nothing to say. Many people would say the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. And I think that's true. And when it feels like the world is indifferent to you and you're unloved, anger can be a way to get someone's attention. Sadly, anger can get you heard even when you have nothing to say. Next time you feel the urge to rage, remember, you're not alone. You are loved. So what can we do? The future can be dark or it can be different. Personally, I'm putting my heart behind different and better. Here are four questions to ask the next time you post or write or blog or shoot that email or text. It's what I've started to do, and it's really changed my perspective. First of all, ask yourself this question. What's my real motive? Am I trying to help, hurt, or just get noticed? The second question, are people better off or worse off for having read what I posted. Number three, am I calling out the worst in people or attempting to bring out the best? And number four, if the person I'm writing to or speaking to was in the room looking me in the eye, would I say the same thing in the same way? I don't always get it right, but I found these questions really help me filter my emotions and help me process what I'm feeling. Speaking of which, what do you do with the junk you feel, the loneliness, the anger, the outrage? Here's the best thing I know how to do. Process privately. Help publicly. Processing privately can be as simple as praying about it and waiting 24 hours before you do a thing. Often that's enough. Sometimes you'll need to talk to a friend. Other times you may need to go see a counselor. I highly recommend that. After all, the gravitational pull is toward unhealthy, not health. Healthy doesn't happen on its own. You and I need help. Trust me, the world doesn't need your immediate opinion or my immediate opinion on everything. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram can wait a day or two. No one will die if you don't respond right away. 
Strangely, though, they might die a little if you continue to assassinate them in the heat of the moment. And oftentimes, if you sleep on it and pray about it, or even discuss it with another person in person, you won't feel the same way about whatever was making you mad in the first place. It's shocking how often you'll just let it go or create an emotionally healthy response instead. Then run everything you can through what I call a helpful filter. If it's not helpful, not constructive, don't do it. Don't send it. Critique is different than criticism. A critique aims to build up, not to tear down. So it's not like you can never say anything negative, but what we have to say should help people get better and feel better. If you can't figure out how to do that, you're not in the right frame of mind to post anything. We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. Hope you have a great rest of your holy week. We've got Monday, Thursday, if, if your faith tradition celebrates that coming up tomorrow night. And then uh, Good Friday, which we talked about earlier, uh, Holy Saturday or No Name Saturday, and then, of course, Easter Sunday. Once again, reminding you, we have a special Easter Sunday morning program coming up featuring a sermon I preached last year in 2021 on Easter Sunday. And got some big news coming up in the next couple of weeks here on Soul Ramblings Podcast. So be sure to click that subscribe button wherever you're listening and go and like us on social media on Facebook and Instagram and follow those and we'll update you on some things coming up. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. There seems to be a new one every day or or hundreds of new ones every day. And I really appreciate you spending your time with us today. Here's a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next time on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker. Drink responsibly. Keep the conversation going. Grace. Peace. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.